0: Critical to understanding words and their intended meaning is context. When reading the Gospels, it's important to understand the context by trying to identify with the people who heard Jesus speak. The majority of first-century Jews lived day-to-day with minimal resources. Life's necessities like food and water were not a given. With no plumbing or pumps, people traveled to a water source and carried water back to where they lived. Similarly, securing food was a daily activity since few food items could be stored or preserved. Today's people of Ukraine can readily identify with Jesus' listeners. As a result of Russia's military invasion, many Ukrainians have been forced to live without electricity, without water, and without a regular supply of food. So when Ukrainians and first century Jews hear Jesus say, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear, they know he is not speaking in general terms but addressing an immediate and critical need. Jesus knows what is on the minds and what is in the hearts of his listeners. Life's necessities For most of us living in the West are readily available. Yet we still manage to find something to worry about. Our health, inflation, financial security, the safety and well-being of our children and grandchildren, the threat of hate and violence, or the viability of our planet. Whatever the subject, we worry. Worry is what we do when we are afraid. It is what we do when we can't determine the outcome of what we hope for. Worry is what we do when we imagine the worst thing we fear might happen. Wikipedia says, Worry refers to the thoughts, images, emotions, and actions of a negative nature in a repetitive, uncontrolled manner that results from a proactive cognitive risk analysis made to avoid or solve anticipated potential threats and their potential consequences. A rather exhaustive definition. We know worry doesn't work, but that doesn't stop us from doing it. Among the many quotes about worry, I like this image from an English proverb. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. Years ago, I participated in a gathering which promoted being mindful and strengthening one's inner life. A common phrase used there was, become a non-anxious person. Someone challenged that wording by saying the only non-anxious people she knew were dead. She proposed instead that we speak of becoming a less anxious person. Originally, my sermon title was, Quote, a worry free life. Like my friend's observation about being less anxious, I realized when Jesus says, don't worry, we're not being exhorted to be free of worry, but to worry less and trust God more. So I changed my title to Faith for a Worry Less Life. Let's hear what Jesus says has to teach us about growing our trust in God from Matthew 6:25 through 34 as read for us by Lori Hartman.
1: Hear these words spoken by Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, you of little faith so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The Word of God. Thanks be to God.
0: We all know what worry feels like that tightness in our chest, butterflies in our stomach, an agitated feeling of uneasiness, a restless apprehension, or a dreadful sense of doom. Worry is a drain of our emotional well-being. Proverbs 12.25 summarizes its effects. Anxiety weighs down the heart. Excessive worry and fear can be like a paralyzing grip, rendering us unable to move, and it can lead to a serious anxiety disorder. An executive of a large company decided to leave the demands of his job in order to work on his soul. He moved into a monastery which observed the practice of complete silence with one exception. At the end of seven years, each member of the community was allowed to meet with the abbot and say whatever they wanted. So after seven years, the former exec met with the abbot and spoke but two words, hard bits. He got up, returned to his room, and continued his life in the monastery. Seven more years went by, and again he was given an audience with the abbot. Again he spoke but two words cold food, and he returned to his room. Then seven more years, with a total of 21 years at the monastery, he met with the abbot and said these two words, I quit. The abbot replied, I thought as much. You've done nothing but complain since you've been here. Sometimes two words are enough to get one's point across. As I read this passage, I think the point Jesus makes is concentrated in his use of a series of two words. Let's look at them. The first two are, don't worry. Jesus elaborates things people of his day were prone to worry about, namely food, drink, and clothing. He compares their lives to birds who own no land, have no means of producing food or storing it, and yet They eat because God feeds them. He compares the flowers of the field to the clothing of Solomon, the wealthiest person in Israel's history, and says that with all of his resources, Solomon could not look as fine as the plants God adorns with beauty. We think of people like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and Elon Musk, that they are without worry because they have all they need or at least unlimited resources to get what they want. But better than having the resources of a billionaire are the two words Jesus says next. God knows. If God feeds the birds of the air and and clothes the flowers of the field so that they flourish, how much more will God feed and clothe you? You are that important, And that valuable to God. Jesus identifies the reason we worry with his combination of two more words, little faith. When we worry, we behave like pagans, that is, people who live without faith. Pagans rely on themselves to get what they need and what they want. But we who have faith have no cause to fear if we truly believe that God knows. Yet fear gets the best of us when we imagine what might go wrong. As reflected in this Swedish proverb, worry gives a small thing a big shadow. Jesus implies our level of worry is in direct proportion to our ability to trust God. The less we trust, the more we worry. And the more we worry, the less we trust. English philosopher and physician John Locke said, What worries you, masters you. Recently, Colleen and I met with children of Sally and Clyde Du Bois to plan their memorial, which will be held at First Presbyterian Church on May 28th. Son Steve reclaimed how his dad imparted wisdom with memorable sayings, one of which was, Most of the stuff we worry about never happens. We know the truth of that statement, and yet we worry all the same. Jesus points us away from worry and from fear and directs us with these two words, seek God, specifically God's kingdom and God's righteousness. To seek God's kingdom is to accept God's rule. God is sovereign and more than able to address whatever crisis or struggle we might face. We need not try to control what is already in God's hands. When we worry, many times we are simply trying to fix someone or a situation or a circumstance all on our own. We become overwhelmed, anxious, and weighed down with the burden of trying to manage it all. Khalil Gibran rightly observed that our anxiety does not come from thinking about the future, but from wanting to control it. To seek God means to have faith in God's control, God's authority, God's rule, not trying to manage everything ourselves, but surrendering our desire to control and to yield it to God. When we feel disoriented by worry the Psalms help reorient, reorient us toward God, such as the words from Psalm 121: "I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth." Scripture helps us seek God and grow our trust in God when we feel overwhelmed. With worry, a good place for us to start is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. To pray to God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The Psalms direct us to exercise our faith in God through prayer knowing that God hears us. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, says the psalmist, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live, as recorded in Psalm 116. And then this line from Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. God may not dismiss the source of our worries or our concerns, but they need not consume or overtake us. When we pray, God listens, and we're comforted by God's presence and grace and care. There's a Chinese proverb that says, "...that the birds of worry and care fly over our head. This we cannot change." but that they build nests in our hair, this we can prevent. Our perspective changes as we learn to trust and depend on God more. God gives us the courage, the strength, and the tools to overcome our worries and fears. To seek God's righteousness is to make our relationship with God and with others a priority. When we worry, We've focused focused our attention on what we want and what we need, rather than have an outward orientation. Worry does nothing but drain and squander whatever energy we might have used to be productive and to do what is right and good for those around us. As As Dutch Christian writer and former prisoner of Nazi Germany during World War II said, Corey Tinboon said, Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Emily pointed out in her Sermon on the Lord's Prayer that Jesus encourages us to care for what God cares about more than what we want, so that our prayer should reflect our dependence on God and our need for God. The Apostle Paul reiterated Jesus' teaching in one sentence, Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. When we exercise the courage to trust God, our worries and fears give way to confidence and peace. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of Paul's letter to the Philippians says this, Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know of your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. May it be so.
1: Amen.